going to be going. Take your Bibles. We're still looking at the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some, there are some things about the Holy Spirit that most people uh, in, our, in our area, in our world today, uh, we have lost. Uh, and we, I don't know if we'll ever get it back. I don't know if it can be gotten back. Uh, I can't see why it can't be gotten back. Uh, but it's going to take something to get it, get it back. It's just going to take something. And it's going to be a cost associated with it that most people just will never want to, they won't want to do it. They just won't want to let go of what, what they got. Uh, and they'll, I've heard people say, well, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with having it. And there isn't really, there's nothing wrong with having it. But I'll tell you what, it'll hinder you. Uh, anything that you think that this world has to give you, uh, when it is in comparison to Jesus Christ in eternity, uh, is very little, very little. I wish I could have been a missionary. I wish I could have been. Uh, I tried to be one. I told Beth, I, was, I, I went overseas several times, uh, several different places. I tried, and the Lord stopped it. I mean, he put, the, la the last time I went, I was going to go with Brother Willie over to Romania. I was ready to move there. Beth was ready to go. She was good. Uh, I left out of here. I jumped on a plane. I went down to Cincinnati to jump on a plane. Uh, this was all out of my pocket. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to jump on that plane. I was going to fly to Romania. I was going to uh, get into Hungary. Jump on a train. They were going to meet us there, take us down to Romania. I already been there once. I, I was pretty sure that's exactly what I was going to do. I was in the Navy. I figured traveling around the world is exactly uh, where I need to be. And, and uh, I got to Cincinnati, and the plane was delayed. By the time they got me to New York, now this is before. This is before cell phones. This is back when you actually had to put a quarter in a, a phone on the wall, you know, that thing. And it did have the D-D-D-D-D-D-D thing. But it didn't have where well, you just had a cell phone. And uh, I'm sitting there, and the, and the plane that I would have got on out of LaGuardia to, to Hungary was already gone. Uh, being in the Navy, I had enough sense to know that uh, by the time I get to LaGuardia, get to Hungary, that train's going to be gone, and I'm going to be sitting in Hungary trying for a week, trying to go, ah, oh, 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 starving to death, and I'm going to lose, lose. I found out today, in one week, you can lose 30 pounds. That is if you don't do nothing. I mean, no eating, no nothing. Uh, no water, no nothing. You can lose 30 pounds. You'll probably be dead at the end of the week, but that's fine. Uh, that's where I would have been in Hungary. And, and I'm sitting there all the way through the airport, and something in my mind is saying, you better call home. You better call home. You better call home. And finally, this lady comes up and says, hey, I, we got your flight. We can get you on this plane. You'll be eight hours late in Hungary. Some says, you better call home. I said, okay. So I, I said, wait a second. I, got, I said, whoa, whoa, stop. I pick up the phone, put a quarter in, dial, dee, 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 dee. Beth picks up the phone, says, man, we've been trying to get hold of you. Willie's coming back. He tore his retina. He can't. He's not going to be there. He never went back on the field. If I had jumped on that plane, he would not have been there when I got there. I would have been there for a week with nothing to do. And, and, uh, and the Lord was showing me right there, this is not what I want you to do. Brother, I tell you what, serving Jesus Christ is the prime thing in your life. There is nothing better than that. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Thank you for letting us be here. Lord, thank you for the missionary letters we get to read. Uh, that one was just a little old, Lord, but it doesn't really matter. It's all the same. What I'm going to talk about tonight is a little old. Uh, Lord, we got a Bible that's a little old. Uh, everybody says it's just an old book, Lord, but it's a good old book. And Lord, it's probably the greatest old book on the face of this planet. I just pray that you'd bless this uh, message tonight. Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I talked last week about grieving the Holy Spirit and, and quenching him. I do that all the time. I'm very knowledgeable about that subject, and I, I know how to, to unquench him and how to ungrieve him, but it, it, it's a constant battle in your mind. It's old man versus new man. You've got to fight that thing all the time. 
but the Holy Spirit can be lied to. I mentioned that. I mentioned that. Uh, Acts chapter 5, uh, Ananias and Sapphira both lied to him. You can have whatever you want. Keep whatever you want. It's yours. It's, it's a, if you're going to give something to God, give it to God. And don't sit there and try to make everybody think that you're something you're not. If one thing makes God puke is when somebody tries to act like there's something they're not. I never have tried to act like someone. It makes me sick to see somebody come up and act like I'm the, you are nothing in front of Jesus Christ. And it's just a blessing. I'm telling you what, brother. It is a blessing that he even recognizes that you exist or I exist and that he would even give you the time of day. It is a blessing that he would stop me from jumping on a plane in New York City and finding out once I got there, it's too late. But you know what a lot of people will do? They will not heed that small, still voice. They will not do it. And the Lord tells them what to do, and they won't do it. Boy, I wish I could. You know why I'm not a missionary and why the Lord doesn't? Because I'm stupid. I'm a very ignorant man. I'm a, I don't say moron. Beth says when we play that game over at Cracker Barrel, uh, you're an ignoramus. Uh, but, I, but I sit there, and you know, I, I don't write books. I don't translate the Bible. I, don't, I hate reading the guys who do all that are great men. They're great. Wait a second, watch this. I don't want to go too far. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. Don't lie to Jesus Christ. Don't just, just quit it, man. Quit it. Be honest. The best thing you do is be honest. You are what you are, and you're not something you're not. And you need to realize when you start looking, first of all, you need to identify if you're going to compare yourself to somebody, you need to identify somebody that you can compare yourself to that's worthy to compare yourself to. Don't just pick some flunky out there somewhere who's got a YouTube page who thinks he's something because he gets 37 likes. That doesn't mean anything. I don't care if you get 500 likes. And you have no... Holy Spirit is a real, live, 100% person. Now, he is, he is sitting there 24-7 waiting for you. He wants to work with you. What is dangerous with us today is, is social media. I'll tell you, man, it is. I, I say it enough, but, but here you go. You could listen to me, and you could throw your phone in the toilet. Don't throw it in the toilet, because then I have to clean it out or get Mike to clean it out. Throw it in the trash can. But you can listen to me and throw it in the trash can. You can listen to me and do whatever I say do. That won't solve your problem. It, it will never solve your problem. You know what you need? You need a good dose of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the Holy Ghost in your life. That's what I said. You need the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You need, you need God on you. And when you get God on you, your life will change. If you don't get, you know, you could say, well, I know God. Well, uh, there's 1.2 billion people on the face of the planet called Roman Catholics who think they know God too. There's a bunch of Mormons out there who think they know God. There's a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses who think they know God. And there's a bunch of Muslims who think they know God. But they don't. You say, well, you're arrogant. You think you're the only one? No, I think the Bible's correct. And if you match the Bible, you got it. You can, the Holy Spirit is a real live person. He's there. He's, he's in and out of your life all the time. And you can offend him. You can push him off to the side. You can go, you know, I had a call today and somebody said, how could the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven been given to Satan? Because at one time his name was Lucifer. And at one time he was right with God. And at one time, he was the anointed cherub that covered it. And at one time, he was set up to have the whole thing. And you know what God showed us? 
He showed us that no matter if you're created perfect or not, you're going to blow it. And you can't get there that way. That's the, that, you know what the problem is today? Adam and Eve ate a piece of fruit, and you can't get there that way. There has to be another way. Well, Jesus in the garden said, Lord, if there's another way, I'm going to paraphrase. He said, another way, to show it to me. There ain't none. This is it. This is the only way, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, well, what does all that got to do with it? I got a list of things here. Before I move one step further with the Holy Spirit, I want, I want to read a list of things. And, and I'll probably spend the next 20, 25 minutes, two or three hours, going through this list. These are men and women that the Spirit of God moved into their lives and changed them, and you're sitting here today because of some of these people, what they did. And if we don't do something, forget the we. If you do not do something with the calling that God's going to have, some, some of us are going to get a calling. And you can't push that thing off to the side. And what's wrong with the world today is there's so much stuff that sits in front of us that grabs us and says, hey, this and that. A lot of the missionaries lost their entire families to do what God told them to do. But they knew that God told them to do it. And they did what God, they didn't do something foolish now. I'm not saying do something foolish, but they knew what God told them to do. And their wives usually knew what God told them to do also. And they did exactly what God told them to do. Why? That was the Holy Spirit's guiding and directing. Adoniram Hudson, Judson, and his wife, Ann Judson. At the age of 25, Adoniram Judson was the first American missionary to Burma. You ever thought about going to Burma? I haven't after that trip to, to I, man, I, I, was, I went to, uh, uh, Croatia. I was in Croatia with my wife. We were sitting in Croatia. I thought I, I, I could have been, I could have got the support. The support would have been a piece of cake. Uh, I wouldn't have had to done much deputation. Uh, the, the preacher over there probably would have set me up and I'd have got it. The, comp, the family over there wanted us over there. Uh, Beth was willing to go. We was going to take our kids over there. I, we, she both, we both thought that's what God wanted us to do, to be missionaries. Lord, shut that door. You say, why? Because that's you sit there, and it's in the middle of something like that. You say, Lord, what? it's about him. It's not about us. It never has been about us. It's always been about him. And if you're ever going to do anything that amounts to anything in this life, it has to be for him. It cannot be for you. If it's for you, it's a waste. It's a waste. You're going to get what you get right here. When you get to heaven, the Lord said, hey, you got it down there. You wanted the accolades? There it was. You wanted the praise? You got it. You wanted the pat on the back? You got it. But the rest of that stuff is, it is what I want, and it's going to cost. Well, I don't want to pay the cost. Fine. Then don't worry about what I'm saying tonight. Blow it off. It doesn't mean a thing. Hudson at 25, uh, Judson, Adonair Judson, uh, and his wife were the first missionaries to the Burmy, uh, Burma. He, he, he had married Anne. Two weeks before they boarded a ship and bound for India. Beth married me, and three weeks, uh, three months later, I was on a ship headed to the Middle East, or to uh, the Mediterranean. I left her on a pier crying her eyeballs out. You said, why? Because that's exactly what God wanted me to do. He wanted me to be on that ship. I knew exactly what he wanted me to do. Didn't care. I did care about her crying. It kind of hurt me. I said... <laughs> But I had no choice. 
He put you between a rock and a hard place, and you know exactly what you got to do. My job was on that ship, and my job was to him. It wasn't to the United States Navy. It was to the Lord. You say, well, why would you do that? Because the Lord is in the thing. It's the Holy Spirit. You got to let the Holy Spirit guide you through some things in life. Uh, two weeks before they boarded the ship, they were married, bound for India, from which they eventually were able to make their way to Burma. Judson spent the next uh, nearly 40 years of his life living among and witnessing to the Burmese people. His life. Not just three years, four years. His life. You know what's wrong with most of us? We never gave our lives to Jesus. You say, let, let the Lord be the Lord. No, 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 no. You, we let the Lord in our hearts, and then we go do everything in the world that we want to do. We never listen to that small, still voice that's inside there. We keep drowning that thing out so we can't hear it. Hudson Taylor, J. Hudson Taylor. For 51 years, J. Hudson Taylor poured out poured his life into bringing Christ uh, behind the closed doors of China. He founded the China Inland Mission. George Mueller and, and Hudson Taylor was like that. See, you hear the stories about George. You never put all these people together. They were all together, man. They were all together. Some, some of them were, here you go, ladies. You said, well, it's all about men. No, Mary Schlesinger, or Schlesser, Mary Schlesser. Uh, she grew up in the slums of uh, Aberdeen, Scotland, with an alcoholic father. I understand that one. Uh, and little hope of changing uh, your circumstances doesn't seem like a promising start for anyone, but for Mary Slesser, her childhood taught her the tenacity and a strength that would serve her well for the years that she lived in Nigeria. Mary grew up hearing her devout mother read the mission papers just like they did tonight. Did you hear what they read? Did you hear that? The mission papers... Uh, uh, the mission papers every month. In her heart grew a desire to share Jesus with others. She was 27 years old when David Livingston died. And she decided that she would go and continue his work to reach all of Africa. That's Mary Slesser. Is there any ladies in here that the Lord's pricking at your heart? Just picking away, picking away, picking away. How about guys? Amy Carmichael. These are some ladies, man. These are ladies, too. The Lord just don't choose men. He sometimes chooses ladies because men won't listen. Was an Irish Christian missionary in India who opened an orphanage and founded a mission in uh, Donovar. She served in India 55 years and wrote 35 books about the work of her missionaries, her missions. Now, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You know what all these people had in common? A conviction and a desire and an inkling that God wanted them to do something more. They didn't have all the other stuff to get in the way. They, these were educated people, by the way. These are people who had college educations. College didn't get in their way. But once the Spirit of God started moving in their lives and directing their steps, it was step after step after step. Uh, you read all through the Proverbs, a slothful man, a slothful man, a slothful man. That's somebody who won't start anything. That's somebody who won't move to the right area or move to the right thing. Won't take the step to the right area. You gotta, the Lord will show you something, and you've got to take a step. There was a brother in here Sunday morning. Hadn't seen him in a long time. Went up to him and said, brother, how's it going? He goes, good. Well, bad. I said, how bad? He goes, terrible. The whole world is going to pot. I need to be in church. That's where I said, man, that's where you're at. That's good. You know what he did? He, he listened to God. He listened. 
Most of us sit there and we put our thumbs down and we try to make everybody do what we think. Have you ever thought that maybe what you think is not what needs to be thought? That what you think is wrong? Have you ever thought that what you think really isn't lining up with what God thinks? You need to stop and think about that thing. Somebody. Amy Carmichael, she's she, uh, 1867 to 1951. Then I'm going to go through a list of names here. There's uh, the Puritans. You got a guy named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was a great man, 1703 to 1758. Uh, G. Campbell Morgan, 1863 to uh, every one of these men, 1945, and women, the thing that they had in common was the Holy Spirit, just like that missionary just talked about. The Holy Spirit moving through their lives. They pushed some things away to get him in. And once he got in, they didn't let him out. John Bunyan, greatest book outside of your Bible ever written was by a man named John Bunyan, 1628 to 1688. William Kiffin, these are all Baptists here. There's no excuse for us, man. John Gill, uh, Isaac Buckus, William Carey, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, Oswald Chamber, George W. Truett, Harry Ironside, uh, J. Frank Norris. Man, J. Frank Norris is the, is the movement of the Independent Baptist, man. That's where we came out of. That guy just come across this nation. I mean, he's just like a fireball. What caused him to do that? Well, the guys, you say, oh, he's messed up here. People go back and say, well, Thomas Jefferson, man, had slaves. Well, quit being a moron. That was 150, 200 years ago or however long ago that was. That, that was a whole different world now. Don't try to place the standards of the day. You know what the problem is? We won't want to put their standards on us. We want to put ours on them and destroy that. Instead, what we should do is be taking that and bringing it forward. You say, well, are you saying half slaves? I didn't say that. There were some morals instituted back there that we could use today. And there were some people who listened. Mordecai Ham, Fosdick, uh, Harry Emerson Fosdick, uh, Beecham Vick, John R. Rice, Lester Roloff, Jack Howes, Wally Criswell, Stephen Oxford. You say, well, some of these guys are, yeah, but I tell you what, they all were in the movement. They all were doing something for Jesus Christ. Uh, Stephen Alford, Adrian Rogers, some of the greatest preachers you ever heard will tell you that you ought to listen to Adrian Rogers. I've had more people tell me, you want, you want to learn how to preach? You listen to that man right there. A Southern Baptist preacher had an effect on the, the Bible-believing body of Christ and still does to this day. Being dead yet speaketh. All these people still speak, man. It's great. Lee Robertson, Tennessee Temple. Dr. Peter S. Ruckman, he's in this list too. I didn't make this list up. This is a good list. Billy Graham. These are all men. Great men don't exist no more. Then you got in Methodist, George Whitfield, 1714 to 1770. John Wesley, Francis Asbury, Peter Cartwright. You should ride a horse. I've been to a church that Cartwright went through, down through Salt River. That's where I was raised, right on the Salt River. I was minutes away from the Salt River. Peter Cartwright rode those horses up and down, those mules up and down those mountains out there and went from church to church to church for a bucket of potatoes or some corn and preached the gospel to them. A Methodist preacher, old, old Baptist, come up to Peter Cartwright one time and says, you sprinkle. He goes, okay. He said, you dunk. He goes, I trust my sprinkling because I trust Jesus Christ. If I died and go to hell, the blood of Jesus Christ is going to get me in heaven whether I got sprinkled or not. You trust your baptism like it's part of your salvation. I'd, believe, I'd be with Peter Cartwright in that day. Peter Cartwright, William Booth, Salvation Army. Salvation Army, William Booth's wife ran that thing, man. 
Yet we have all kinds of stuff because of that movement today. Dr. Bob Jones Sr., Peter, Dr. Peter S. Ruttman was trained under that man. Then you got uh, Zinzendorf in, in the 17th century, Dwight L. Moody. Uh, brethren, we hear these names over and over again. Now let me ask you a question. Where's the names in our crowd? Where's the names on this list in our crowd? Where is the people in our crowd that will come down on that list? You won't find them. You know why? Because the world is taking us. Why? Chill out. We're going to get there. Billy Sunday. R.A. Torrey. A.W. Tozer. These are all people you say, well, well, some of these guys are wrong. Yeah, but man, they gave their lives for Jesus Christ. Every, every facet of their life was exactly what the Lord wanted them. They thought the Lord wanted them to do. They gave their life to him. You know what wrong, what's wrong with today? The Holy Spirit has been placed off to the side. And the things of the world has been entered in. And we think that I have to do these things. Do you not think that God knows exactly what you have to do? What would you do if he asked you to take your son up on the side of a mountain and kill him? He ain't going to do that. Now, if he does, you got a problem. You better go see a psychiatrist. Get back on the drugs you're supposed to be on. But, but that's what he did to Abraham. You start getting the Old Testament, and he did some really strong and hard stuff to get the... Gideon, I want you to go here. No, 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 no. 22,000 is way too many. You're going to take out a multitude. Of, I mean, we're going to take out a bunch of armies here. Tons of them, tons of them. 22,000 with you. I want you to go down to the creek down there, and I want you to watch these guys. And, and as they start sucking up the water, those that stick their face in the water send them home. But the ones that do this and are watching all over the place, like this, seeing what's going on as they're drinking, those are the ones you want. And he goes, they're only going to be, and he didn't tell anybody, he said, there are going to be 300 of them guys. And as a matter of fact, when you go down there to fight the battle, you ain't even going to have a sword in your hand. You're going to have a trumpet on one side, and you're going to have a pitcher on the other with a candle in it. And when you get down there, you're going to break the pitcher, and you're going to blow the trumpet. And 300 of y'all are going to blow the trumpet and scare the snot out of every one of them, and they're going to kill each other. Now, see, brethren, that's God. That's not man. He doesn't need any one of us to do anything for him. What he wants to do is put us in a place that he can accomplish what he wants. But you've got to be listening. You've got to be hearing you got to hear. you got to open up your eyes and your ears. you got to hear. you got to hear. And what you're listening to hear is that small, still voice, which is the Holy Ghost. If you leave the Holy Ghost out of that thing, it's wrong. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is Dr. David Livingston, before I continue to study. Livingston was a young man, got his education, did everything else in a church in, uh, I think it was in Scotland or Ireland one night, I forget which church, and uh, Moffat come in, Dr. Uh, Moffat come through. And he walked into a church. Have you ever been in a church where it's like, man, it's a blessing. On a Wednesday night, you've got quite a few people. It's a blessing. He walked into a church, and there's just none of the women. Now, see, eh, he's a feminist. No, he's not. That's just the day it was. You know what he's looking for? Some men. There wasn't no men. Uh, there was one. He's hiding behind the organ, doing this, pumping the organ. And Moffat comes in, snowy night, and starts preaching. And he says, hey, I'm not going to waste the time. You know, I'll, I'll preach anyways. Maybe somebody's pregnant and they got a baby in their womb and that baby. I mean, I don't know what was going on in his head. But he gave his burden for Africa. And there was a young man sitting there, Livingston, David Livingston, and he got a hold of his heart. It wasn't Moffat that got a hold of David Livingston's heart. It was the Holy Spirit got a hold of David Livingston's heart. 
And the Lord Jesus Christ got a hold of that thing and started using it. David Livingston had a heart. His dad was a preacher or an evangelist, kind of an evangelist type man in the Bible anyways. That's what he already did. So he already had an influence around his life about what he needed to do. He already knew there were some things going on in his mind that what he did. Moffat just came in and kind of focused that stuff to him. And he listened. I was sitting there dying to go in the Navy. You say, well, the Navy, what's that got to do with it? I just wanted to go in the Navy. The Lord said, no, 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 time's not right. No, no, no. Sometimes you pray and you pray and you pray. And God says no. Or he doesn't say no, he just takes it out of the way. And you would think it's no. I thought it was no. And it was no. What his answer was, it was not, you're not ready yet. There's some other things you need to do. And then I need to get you over here off by yourself somewhere, away from all this other stuff so you can grow with me through this thing. Brother, I wish, I'm telling you, I wish I could be a missionary someplace on this planet. You say, don't you like us? Yeah, I love you guys. But it's just in my nature, man, to be somewhere else. I don't know why. I just feel, man, traveling through Europe or traveling through, I would be right at home. I would just be right at home. Lord says, nope, that's not where I want you. You know where I want you? I want you to be someplace maybe on a cold winter night and some missionary come through and give a burden and somebody pick that thing up and, and head out of Dodge. And all of a sudden they want to go be a missionary. As a child, he worked in a cotton mill. This is David Livingston, 1813 through 1873. He only had uh, 60 years of life. That's all he had. Somebody once said, only one life uh, will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's it. That's all that will last. Livingston, Livingston, as a child, he worked in a cotton mill to help support his poverty-stricken family. David Livingston learned uh, perseverance and went on and put himself through medical school and became a doctor before following the footsteps of Robert Moffat and going to Africa as a doctor and a missionary, missionary, uh, missionary explorer. On December the 4th, 1857, uh, this is uh, 20 years, actually 20, 16 years before he died. On December the 4th, 1857, he addressed the student body of Cambridge University about leaving the benefits of England behind. In his address, he spoke the sentence that uh, of all his sayings has made the greatest impact uh, on me. I, and, and then he read it. He goes on. Uh, I knew, this is what he said, I knew that if I ever were, I knew that if I ever were ever to see Christian joy the way the Bible sees it, I would have to do my ministry in the joyful shadows of those who suffered as they spread the gospel. You're going to have to read your Bible and be honest. Paul went through Hades. <laughs> we won't say hell because some people get offended with you. They say you're cussing. Hades is just a Greek word for hell anyways. But yeah, Paul went through living torture. Stephen got stoned. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, got hung on a cross. Paul, uh, uh, John the Baptist got his head cut off. Peter, they say, was hung upside down. James was beheaded. Brethren, you want to serve Christ? The, the future seems bleak and dismal, but I'm telling you, man, it's the best thing you'll ever do. He goes, uh, 
in the shadows of suffering gospel. The, uh, these are the servants whose testimonies can bear the weight of scoffers who say the New Testament is naive uh, when it tells us repeatedly we rejoice in our sufferings. And it does. Here is what Livingston said to the Cambridge students. For my own part, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office. Have you ever thought that, man, what God done for you saved your soul? What great thing he did for you? You're going to be above the angels. Do you not get that? I mean, outside, when he, absent from the body, present with the Lord, you're leaving this universe. You're leaving this universe. You're not going to be here no more. You're outside this universe in a place called heaven. Absent from the body, present with instantaneously. The moment you walk in there, you're above Michael, the archangel. You're above Gabriel. You're, you're out there, brother. You're out there. He gave that to you. Have you ever thought about that? I think it's a great thing. For on my own part, I've never ceased to rejoice. If, if it's nothing more than salvation, that's where it starts. If it's nothing more than salvation, you ought to rejoice in God. You know what that is? The Holy Spirit telling you that you're a son of God. That's what he's telling you. He goes, uh, God has appointed me to such an office. People talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. It is that a sacrifice which bears or brings its own blessing. It is that is that a sacrifice which brings its own blessed reward and healthy activity, the consciousness of doing good, peace of mind, and a bright hope of the glorious destiny hereafter? Away with the, the word in such a view and with such a thought. It is empathetically no sacrifice. Say rather, it is a privilege. Uh, anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then with a, a foregone, uh, foregoing of the common conveniences and char uh, charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when I compare with when I compare when compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us with him. I never made a sacrifice. That was David Livingston. Sixteen years before he died. I never made a sacrifice. The Christian walk is is unbelievable, man. I'm telling you it's unbelievable. Uh, it is it is a, if you get in that thing with the Lord where He what leads you to I don't need another man on this planet to tell me what to do. I don't need anybody. I got him. Why would I need anybody else? It's okay to have friends. I'm not saying you can't have friends. I don't need anybody else. My joy rests in him and him alone. You know where that comes from? That's the Holy Spirit. If you're missing that Holy Spirit, what you're always going to do is say, well, so-and-so got so-and-so's this. How come I didn't? Why didn't? You're, if you got to serve Jesus Christ in the smallest little thing, little itsy bitsy thing you get to do, that's a blessing. Amen. I was on a ship with a thousand men and they all spit on me. Have you ever been spit on by a thousand men? They didn't like me when I stood up for Jesus Christ. The entire ship. You know what? It hurt. It hurt. I'll, I'll be honest with you, it hurt. But boy, I still had that small, still voice of Jesus walking over and said, come on, Mike, it's okay, man, it's okay. It's okay, it's okay. You got me, you got me. I did not see what he was doing on that ship. 
I could not even comprehend what the Lord, the Holy Spirit was moving through that. I did not see it. The Lord said, Mike, what are, you going to reign with me? You're going to suffer with me? That's the only way that they're going to get it. They got to see somebody going through this thing and coming out with a smile on their face. That's what it takes. Every one of these names I wrote to you, I read to you, that's what it takes. There's going to be days when you're all by yourself. And you may be on a mission field out there somewhere all by yourself and have nothing but just you and the Lord to get you through. And you see all the problems and all the stuff's going on. The Lord says, yeah, but just trust me. Trust me, I'll get you through. That is the Holy Spirit. If you do not develop that walk with the Holy Spirit, you will trust your money. You will trust your, your abilities. I don't have the abilities that some of these guys have. I already know that. I got it, man. I do not have their ability. I may have some enthusiasm. Peter Cartwright had some enthusiasm. Uh, he was called an exhorter. If I could be an exhorter, I guess that's the best I can do. I'm okay with whatever he allows me to do. The other day, we had to fix the sewer line. I had to crawl down. I got Mike to go down there the last time. I didn't really get him. I, next thing I know, he was down there doing something. That they needed to run a thing up through there, and, and he, they weren't going to. The, the people at Correct Plumbing, we were going to pay them to scope this thing out. They weren't going to crawl down in there because it's a sewer manhole. And we just can't go get our, get our clothes dirty, I guess. And it's going to cost a whole bunch more money. Mike just jumps down in the hole. Well, how tall are you? Okay, so the hole was bigger than Mike did. So the other day we had to, we had to take a six-inch ring off and then reset it. And I, I climbed down there because rock and everything down there is going to clog it up. So I'm, I'm down in the sewer hole. And I'm scraping it out and scraping it out. And I stand up, my head's above the sewer. <laughs> I, look like, I look like Oscar the Grouch. I'm a grouch anyway, so I fit right in. I just look like Oscar, man. I'm sitting there looking around like this, like, I mean, your head's just above the ground. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a blessing, man. I get to crawl down in the sewer. I mean, it's your sewer. I said, I don't really care, man. I said, Mike ain't here, and I can't make him do it. <laughs> I can't even shame him into doing it. But he would have done it. I already know he'd have done it. You say, well, what's it all about? To, all about? I'll tell you what it's about. Take your Bibles. The Holy Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. Brethren, we have, we have a privilege. And it's not just to serve Jesus Christ. You, you, there's no possible way you can even figure out how to serve him. Uh, I thought I knew all the things, and I thought, well, hey, my experience here and my experience there would, would definitely put me in a line to do this, and, and I could do that. And none of that came to fruition. None of it came to fruition. I got stuck in Dayton, Ohio, though that's where the Lord wanted me. And for the longest time, I'm like, why am I here? Everybody hates me. They're mad at me. I didn't do nothing. I tried to keep my mouth shut, tried to hide in the corner. I went to Cornerstone for five years to hide. I figured if I go over there and hide and cause Brother Siler some problems, I'll just go over there and sit down and shut my mouth and don't do nothing. The Lord opened the door and said, just go over here and shut your mouth. I said, okay, help the guy. That's all I did. I still got in trouble. It was, you can't get out of it. I'm saying, Lord, what do you got me? There's someplace else on this planet I could go to. I almost did not get ordained because of, of issues up here. One of the guys on the ordination committee was not going to ordain me, and thank God that his son I went to school with was in my class. And he went to his dad and said, hey, Mike ain't that way. 
I went to school with him. I know. And then he comes up to me and said, you aren't that way, are you? I said, no, man. I said, you know I'm not that way. He goes, I knew you weren't, man. And, and his dad was on the ordination committee and went on and did the ordination. They shouldn't have done it, man. They should have took it away. Man, if, you could, if I had a copy, wait till you get to heaven. Look, ask the Lord to show you that thing. You're talking about, you say, I sent under that guy for all these years. First, <laughs> brethren, you know what? The Holy Spirit, I, I don't want to sound gruff and I don't want to sound mean. I, I, want, I want you to understand that I know that if you don't get this, you won't get it. You may have a knowledge, head knowledge. You will not have a heart knowledge. The Holy Spirit takes it from here and moves it to here and squeezes you to get you to see what he's doing. Otherwise, you cannot do what he says do. Because what he says do, you might have to stand there on your knees and say, I see the Son of God standing at the right hand of the Father. Oh, as you're getting stoned. And said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As you're dying, your life goes off to the wayside. You no longer care about that. It's him. And what he wants in your life at that moment. If he gives you that much of a moment in life to live for him, and that much of a moment in your life to die for him, that's what he wants. That's what you got to do. But that's the Holy Spirit that does that. I keep telling you all about the story about me. Lord, show me all that stuff in the Navy. Everybody had the same training. They were all breaking everything. I was the only one who could fix anything. I'm not bragging. That's just the, it's just the way it was. Doug Waymar. Doug Waymar was good, too. And Paula Moore was good. There's like three of us, maybe four of us. But there, out of 26 texts, there was very few people that could not could fix anything. It wasn't that they could. They never spent the time to learn or understand what they learned or to put in place what they learned, or put in practice what they learned, or how to put it in practice. The Holy Spirit has to teach us. 1 Corinthians 2.10, I'll read a couple of verses, and then I'll shut up. I wanted y'all to hear about those missionaries, because it goes right along with our mission letters. 2.10. But God, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. All right, back up to 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of men the things which God had prepared for them that love him. It's a great verse. You ought to memorize it. The next one. But God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. You know how you know anything about him is through the spirit of God. That should make us want to find him in our lives more and more and more. You know why you pray? You don't pray just to get down on your knees and pray for three hours a day. You're talking to somebody you know. Me and Beth drive down the road, we talk to each other. I drive down the road, I talk to myself. I mean, when you sit there, who are you talking to when you talk? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening the deep things of God, uh, there is no computer, I got a little note here, there's no computer, no matter how intelligent, that can figure out anything about the Word of God that a man can't find out through prayer and reading the Word, period. All you got to do is get down on your knees, say, Lord, show me something. And you know what he'll do is start running you through trouble. And then trouble will come and you'll get the trouble. And he'll start showing you that you probably care about some other things more than what you should care about. The thing. You care about things more than what the things you should care about. 
Your, your affections go to the wrong things when they should be over. If you had those kind of affections on the lost world, what would you actually accomplish? You know what's wrong with our world today? Is the world's done told us you've got to put all your affections on everything else on this world. And we do. Then it's all you got to take. Then you got the other side sitting there saying, you got to get guns, you got to get guns, you got to protect yourself. Then you got this little group that's, I'm going to have to, I have to protect my own self. I got to protect me and my family against everybody else. Now you get fearful of everybody around you. And then you're afraid to even hand out a gospel track or go up and tell somebody about Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, there isn't a computer in the world that can figure out the new birth or identify a Leviathan. <laughs> they say Leviathan. If you listen to the scholar, Leviathan is a hippopotamus. They're morons. That, that ain't even the word for them. There's, you know who tells you that Leviathan is Satan? The Holy Spirit. You know what Job met in chapter 42? He met the Holy Spirit, and he got a hold of God. You know what our problem is? We, we've left the Spirit of God out of our lives, and we've let this life dictate to us what we should do and not what he said do. Do you know if you do what he says do, no matter how it makes you feel, it will be what he wants? That's where he gets joy and glory. You want to give him glory? All these people I read about, ladies, men, I don't care who they are. These ladies who went over there with their husbands and some of them died on the field. I think Moffat had a couple wives, two or three over there died on the field. It is just what happens. In the service of God, sometimes things happen. And it's, it's, it, everything isn't rosy. Everything isn't always rosy. And it never will be always rosy. Uh, there isn't a computer that can figure out, well, yeah, they couldn't figure out Leviathan if they wanted to. It, it would be absolutely impossible. Uh, there isn't any chance at all that a And we live by these things like they're everything. You do know that was made by a man. There is none good, no, not one. So whoever made that is no good. And whoever made that made something that's no good. And they made it to affect the no good part of us, which this affects. Who cares what goes on in California? I was listening. Oh, man. <laughs> Get a digress. You can have a license plate that says rainbow forever. And it's okay. Did y'all hear about the license plate thing going on in Columbus? The guy said go back to California or something on his license plate. <laughs> Californians go back or something like that. And they one, one, they said one person. Now, if this is true, I'm just, what I heard, one person complained out of 350 million. And they, they rejected, they revoked that license plate. You can put all kinds of other stuff on the license plates and, and it's okay. So they can tell... Brethren, we're at a place in this world where they're, not, they're just sitting there trying to appease each other. You can't do it. There is any chance at all the computer would tell you uh, what Adam and Eve ate. Uh, the most brilliant men with IQs of 150 to 180, making the most uh, excruciating, excruciating, this is Dr. Roman's talk, uh, intricate machines they possibly could devise, couldn't figure out anything about the word of God one way or the other. But the natural man receiveth not the things, here this is 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness unto him. You ever talk to somebody and they look at you and say, well, I just don't believe that. I don't just believe that. It's foolishness unto him. You know why that is? The Holy Spirit's not talking to them. They're doing that on their own fleshly side of their mind. So we think that if we make people in the church work, work, work. You know why I don't make you work, 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 Because that's of the devil. If you want to do something for God, there's always, I've had people leave the church because they said, you won't let nobody do it. I've never stopped anybody. You want to play an instrument? There's a piano sitting here. There's an organ here. We'll kick Jerry out. We'll kick Amy out. We'll put you in if you can play as good as they can. And you get the Lord to tell me to kick them out. But if you want to play a special, you can come up here and play a special all day long. You, you want to, hey, do you want to pick grass out here? I came in, I pulled in the parking lot the other day. I never asked anybody. I drove by the grass looking at it, and I'm like, well, Lord, I guess I could get out and pick that grass. The weeds and the, and the mulch and all the other stuff. I came by in the parking lot the other day, and here's a young couple, very young couple, extremely young couple, out there picking grass, picking this... And, and the wife said, I just hate looking at that stuff in there, and i got to get it out of there. And you know what she did? She got it out of there. You know what that is? That's the Lord telling you what to do. You know what the problem is? That we, we're not stopping long enough to hear what the Lord has to say. We think our lives should be something that's on my life. I can do my thing. I can do my thing. Brother, if I have...